In this City First Church series, any given Sunday, we're going back to the fundamentals. It's time to get off the bench and get ready to experience the victory that is already yours. This is your moment. Hello, City First Church family. City First anywhere. City First Cape Coral. And can we please make some noise for God behind bars locations in Dixon and Hardy. Everyone here in Spring Creek. So excited to be with you as we continue this series called Any Given Sunday. It's obviously a, a football theme in the season of football, but football is only the beginning of the conversation. We're actually talking about how we can really get in the game, how we can really grow in our relationship, looking at some of, of the fundamentals of what it means to be a Christ follower. And last week we talked about how to get rid of offense. And it's crucial to the journey that each and every one of us has with Jesus is, is really letting go of, of offense. And if you missed that message or any of the messages in this series, I encourage you to go back and check those out. Today, I want to talk to you about a message I've entitled, Witness Greatness. Witness Greatness. It's the term that is often used in sports whenever you witness something great and you want to be able to share that experience with other people. You also might be familiar with the phrase, can I get a witness. Um, it is the, it's, it's part of a, a pillar of really what it means to be a Christ follower. It, it's this idea that we're supposed to be a witness for Jesus and we're supposed to make disciples. That, that, those ideas come from a couple of scriptures. The first one is found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The second verse, we get this idea of what we're supposed to be doing as Christ followers. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the calling card for all Christ followers. But if we're honest, it's hard. If we're honest, it's kind of weird. It's kind of awkward. Like you can kind of, have you ever had evangelism guilt? It's this idea of like, I think I should tell this person about Jesus, but what if they punch me in the face? I'm not really sure what to do. You can kind of feel like a mall kiosk worker. You know what I'm saying? Like you're selling somebody something that they don't really want, you know? And if you're a mall kiosk worker, God loves you, but I don't want your curling iron, okay? I don't want your hair straightener. I don't want your perfume, and I don't want your gold chain. You know what I mean? However, I do have great empathy for mall kiosk workers because I used to be one, okay? I used to work for a company called Shock City. We sold Verizon and T-Mobile, and it was our job to get in people's way at the mall and convince them to buy a cell phone from us, okay? So I sold Verizon and T-Mobile, and I literally would trick people, okay? I would say, hey, what kind of cell phone service do you have? Like, hey, I got Verizon. I'd say, you're paying way too much for your cell phone. You should switch to T-Mobile. And then if they had T-Mobile, I would say, aren't you tired of your phone calls dropping? You should switch to Verizon. And literally, I would convince people to do this. I was the mall kiosk guy, okay? And I would sell people, do you remember this phone? Oh, I used to sell these all the time, the sidekick. 
how would you like to have a computer on your side, right? Like, and like you would wear it on your hip. Then I would convince people to say, hey, you should get a Blackberry. Guess what you could do? You could send an email with your phone. Crazy, right? And then I remember the Razor phone of Super Slam. You just slip in your pocket. And I would just, I, I would just convince people to, to do this deal. And it would be like, man, doesn't this, isn't this what it kind of feels like when you feel like you're supposed to make disciples? Except we're not selling a gold chain. We're spreading good news. And if it's good news, shouldn't we want to tell everybody about it? I love what 1 Peter chapter 3 says. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Here's the deal. I, I think the strategies that you and I have had a front row seat to in spreading the gospel, in being somewhat of an evangelist, uh, being somebody that is a disciple maker, being a great witness, I think the strategies that we've seen have not been done with gentleness and respect. I think the strategies that we've seen is street evangelism. Some people are the door-to-door sales group, you know what I mean? They're passing out tracts, you need to get your life right. Here it is. And they give you a, a, a card that is supposed to get you saved. And some people get saved by that. That's great. Some people are, on, are in the streets uh, with signage, and they're in the turn or burn crew. You know what I'm talking about? They're on the streets. You're going to turn or you're going to burn. I remember I, I was at, a, uh, at, a, at an NBA game, and I saw a guy on the corner screaming, turn or burn. You're dying, and you're going to hell. And I'm just thinking to myself, I don't know if this is an effective way of reaching Bulls fans right now. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I just, I just, I just don't know. And, and, and I just, I, I don't know. I've met a lot of Christians, okay? Hey, how, how did you come to know the Lord? How, how did you become a Christian? I have never heard anyone say, well, you know what? I heard I was going to burn, so I turned. No one says that. So I'm just, I just question the method. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I just, you know, some people just go with the, you know what, I, I got an idea. I know how we're going to get people saved. Bumper stickers, okay? Eternity in hell is a long time to be wrong. I'm like, man, that's tough. That's a tough one. That's, 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 that, that's, a, that's a tough one. I, I saw this one and I just, this next one, and I'm just thinking maybe it's t-shirts, right? I might actually rock this though, real talk. As if it's like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to get people saved by our cars or, or our gear. And I, I remember when I was in school uh, up in Minneapolis, I was a part of this church, and they had this guy on staff. He was the evangelism pastor. Literally, they paid this man to literally walk the streets of Minnesota and just talk to people about Jesus. And I just admired him so much. And, and when I was leaving Minnesota, I got on this 6 a.m. flight. And guess who the Lord put me next to? This guy, right? I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting next to the evangelism pastor from the church. This is amazing. Now, if you know anything about flying, 6 a.m. flights are pretty sparse. You know what I mean? Like, there's barely anybody on it. Like, it's about half the plane is full. And as soon as the seatbelt sign went off, he went, Showtime. And I was like, what is about to go down? Okay. Like, what are you about to do? He goes, we're getting this whole plane saved. We could crash and die today and meet our maker. I go, I don't want to meet our maker right now. <laughs> and he literally gets up and he just starts telling each person about Jesus. And I'm like, 
I'm tired, okay? It's 6 a.m. I mean, you're right. And I sat on this plane semi-convicted, you know what I mean? Thinking, is this what we all should be doing? Because if it is, I know we're not gonna. Like, I know you and I know me. It's like, whatever, we're not, no, we're just gonna get on the plane, okay? We're, we're hoping our kids stay sane while we're like, we're just trying to survive the flight, okay? I don't know about evangelizing the whole, the whole crew, you know what I mean? And so, and so I'm just watching this guy and I'm just thinking, but how does this work for introverts? Introverts don't want to talk to people about anything, let alone Jesus. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'm like, that's about half of all Christians. And I'm just going, Lord, if, if, if we're supposed to do our job and be witnesses, how do we, how do, we do this? Because I, I think I speak for all of us. I, I, I admire the evangelism pastor. I just don't know if we're ever going to be those people. But I do think as followers of Jesus who want to grow in our relationship with him, we do have to ask the question, well, what kind of people are we going to be? I mean, we may not be that extreme. We may not hit the streets. We may not wear the T-shirts or the bumper stickers. We may not be the mall kiosk salesman for Jesus. However, we do have to make a decision about what kind of people we are going to be for Jesus because if Jesus is as awesome as we say he is, wouldn't we want to share that with everyone? If being on team Jesus is so amazing, wouldn't we want to tell every friend we got about him? But I think we all have this BC story, this I was blind and now I see, but it can be difficult to share because I think we assume we know what people's response to it is going to be. I think we think, they're going to reject it. They don't like Christians, so that I assume that they don't like me. That they don't. So, so I'd like to say, if you're a Christ follower here today, I think we all want to be good at this. We all have a desire. Like, we wish this was a talent or a skill of ours, but it's just a little awkward. So today, I want to give you two, two, two ways to share your faith that are very, very practical and I think we all can do this. One is maybe a little easier than the other. However, I think, I think we can do this. And, and the first way that I think that we can share our faith is, number one, through our lifestyle. Share your faith through your lifestyle. In other words, sometimes it's show and tell, but sometimes it's show before you tell. I, I, mean, I love what Matthew says in chapter 5, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Some of us, I believe, are bad at sharing our faith vocally because we continue to leak credibility through the way that we live. Nobody actually respects you, so why would they trust your faith? You might speak in tongues, but you gossip about everybody. So, what's, so it doesn't matter. They're like, oh, you're really spiritual, but like, you're, you're always mad. You're, you always, you always got a gripe with somebody. So now you want to invite me to church? The biggest gossip at our job is inviting me to go to church. It makes no sense. I mean, you could be doing a Bible study at a restaurant, and yet you leave the smallest tip. The, the, the waiter, the waitress are going, man, look at these amazing women of God. Look at these amazing men of God who are the cheapest people in the city. Aren't y'all, don't y'all preach generosity? Like what? In, like you could have done the bare minimum of like, give me 10%, give me 15, 20. Some of them leave no tip. You know how many waiters and waitresses hate working Sundays? Because they said, well, we know who's coming. 
are you serious? Can you imagine what would happen if, if, people, if people in the world said, you know what? I'm working Sundays because the most generous group of people is coming to our restaurant. Imagine that. Not steering away from it, but they're going, guess who's coming? The, the most amazing people are coming today. Except they're going, the cheapest people are coming today. It, it, it shouldn't be so. It, if you can quote verses, but you're consistently late and disengaged, you're trying to invite your spouse to church, but you constantly complain at the house, they're going, why? Trying to convince your kids to be more involved in church, but, you're, but all they see is anger from you. They're going, show me Jesus, prove it to me, and I'd be glad to try him out. But right now, I don't know that I want the results of what you got. People ask me all the time, man, how do I, how do I be an influencer? How do I get better at marketing? I'm going to give you the secret. You ready? Do a good job. That's it. Do a good job. Do good works. If you're really good at your job, people will ask you your secrets. Hey, how do you do that? Hey, I, 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 what's that? And I love the second part of the verse. You know what it says? The second part of the verse says, and give glory to your father. Hey, why are you so good at what you do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Number one, I got joy. Didn't come from me. I got peace. That didn't come from me either. Can I tell you what happens? Um, I, I, love, I love the work that I get to do uh, in corporate America, and I love the work that I get to do in church. And I can tell you what happens. Um, the work that I do in corporate America, I'm telling you, I constantly sit before people who have problems I have no idea how to solve. And the spirit of wisdom will come upon me in a, in a moment. And I'll say something I've never said before. They'll go, did, you, did that just come off the top of your head? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I love the verse in Colossians that says this. It says, whatever work you do, put yourself into it as those who are serving not merely other people, but the Lord. I know you think you work for who you work for. But remember who you work for. And if we would do good works, we would be the most influential people at our job. I want to give you 10 things really fast. 10 things that you can do right now that require zero talent. This requires no degree. This requires no training. Number one, being on time. Some of us can't be on time and it's Zoom. All you had to do is click a button. You didn't even have to get dressed. You could have been in your drawers and just, just throw on the top, click, and you still five minutes like, my bad, my bad, my bad, man, my bad. I was just grabbing some toast. What? What are you doing? Number two, what was well, work ethic, for three, effort. Number four, this one's big, body language. You talking about some? I ain't say nothing. <laughs> you sure you didn't say anything? I mean. Number five, little, little energy. Number six, number, this could be number one, attitude. Seven, Pastor said, thank you, Jesus. Passion, eight. Being coachable. Some of us think we're really good at our job, but you're not good at your job. <laughs> Swear you the best leader. Swear, oh, I'm crushing it. No, you're not. <laughs> because you're not coachable. 
You don't listen to nobody. You think you got it all figured out. You don't. Imagine if you showed up going, you know, I, I worked really hard on this. What do you think? Now, allow some input number nine, going the extra mile. It's five o'clock. At 4.59, you like this. You at the door at 4.59. Huh? All right, I'll see y'all later. What do we say about great people? They show up early and they stay late. What do we say about champions? They're the first one at practice. They're the last one to leave. And I know you got stuff to do, but I just, just, just imagine what the difference that you could make in the world if you just did things that don't require a degree. Number 10, being prepared. Some of us are winging it every day. Some of us are walking into our classroom guessing when you could minister to your teacher by being prepared. You know what I wish CEO said across the country? I wish in their hiring process they said, ask them if they're a Christian. If they're a Christian, hire them. They're the hardest working people we got. They, they, they solve problems. They show up for people. The way they treat people, they don't gossip about people. Yes, we want to hire Christians. They may not even be one, but I love hiring them. Do you know how much influence we would have at our job if we just did this? Do you know how easy it would be to share our faith if we just did this? You share your faith through your lifestyle, how you show up at work, how you show up for your family, how you post, dare I say, how you act on your sports team, how you listen in class, how you treat your spouse, how you treat someone you're on a date with, how you treat the waiter or waitress who's serving you on that date, how you treat your neighbor. By the time you invite somebody to church, they should say, gladly, would you? If, if you're telling me going to your church is going to make me act like you, I'm in. Because the way you treat people, the way you show up for people, how hard you work, I want that. But it's going to be very, very difficult to share your faith if nobody actually respects you. This is how we, some people are trying to get influence by taking a better picture. But you could get influence by doing good work. Showing up in whatever job you've been given. You may not even like your job, but do a really good job with the job that you don't like. And who knows if God isn't watching and going, I see that I can trust them. And while you do that, you're building credibility with the people around you so that for your next job, when they call your old job and say, hey, tell me about Tim. Woo! Loved him. Best employee we've ever had for a job that he couldn't stand but because he knew who he worked for, I respect him. Show before you tell. Now, the second way that I think we can share our faith is a little bit unconventional. Um, and, and when I first shared, you're gonna be like, what, how do we share our faith through that? But just go with me for a little bit. Number two, the second way that I think that we can share our faith that is very practical is share your faith through prayer. Share your faith through prayer. I love what James 5 verse 15 says. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe the prayer of faith can do some things that people are trying to make happen on their own. That's going, no, 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 you need a prayer of faith. You need a faith person. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand something. We live in a world of people who are hurting and hurting bad. And when we pray for people, 
we are literally loaning them our faith just for a moment to say, I got something that might be able to help you get through your situation. And so, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm pray for you. So here's something I started doing a few years ago that my mentor taught me. Now, I don't do it religiously. This isn't every single time, but I, I try to do it as often as I can. Like, I, I just say, Lord, let me just be aware of people around me that maybe could, could use some prayer. And I want to challenge us to consider doing this for the rest of our life. I promise you, if you do this, it will absolutely change your life and absolutely change how you share your faith. I want you to ask every person who serves you this question, every person who serves you, barista, Uber, grocery store, Walmart, wherever you are at, even mall kiosk person, okay? If, if you get in a gold chain, I want you to begin asking people this question. Do you have anything going on in your life that I can pray for? Do you have anything going on in your life that I can pray for? Now, when my mentor first told me to do this, I said, man, I don't know, man. That might be kind of weird. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, but I'm going to try it, okay? I'm going to do a trial run for like seven days, and if I don't like it, I'm going to return it, okay? So when I first uh, became a father, somebody gave me parenting advice. They said, hey, don't even try and keep your car clean. It's impossible, okay? Your car is always going to be dirty. I said, your car is always going to be dirty. The devil is a liar, okay? My car going to be clean. So I've got this car wash around the corner from my house. They have a, a yearly membership where you can get your car washed every single day for $18 a month. I said, sign me up. So every day, I wash my car. You ain't going to find no french fries at the bottom of my car. That ain't how we roll in the leak household, okay? So I'm there every day. My wife be looking for me, where you at? You know where I'm at. I'm at the car wash. <laughs> I got a group chat. It's a car wash group chat. And we just tell each other where we at. Where we at today? Oh, oh we in neutral, baby. We just riding, baby. Just let them clean it real quick. You know, we chilling. So because I'm there every day, I, I see these, these car wash workers every day. But until my mentor gave me this question, I had never shared my faith with them. But they're a part of my everyday life. So I said, all right, seven-day trial run. All right, pull up, roll down the window. First time, here we go. Whoo! Hey, uh, what's your name? She's already like, what's going on, right? You're like, She's like, Ashley? I'm like, okay, this isn't a good start. That's okay. That's all right. All right. <clears throat> Clear your throat. Get it good, right? All right. <clears> throat> All right, we got this. Hey, um, you got anything, like, in your life that, like, uh, you could, like, and I don't know why I think she's going to punch me in the throat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, I don't know if I think she's going to pull out a gun on me or, like, like, I'm doing something illegal, but it feels illegal. You know what I mean? And so you're like, uh, you, uh, you got anything in your life that, like, I could pray for? She said, what? I said, no, I got to ask it again. I got to go for a second time. This is hard, okay? I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I should ask it a different way. I'm like, I pray for people. No, don't say that. Um, you got anything that, that I could, can pray for? She goes, pray for? I went, this is bad. This is really bad. She goes, pray for? Um, actually, yeah. My mom just found out she's got diabetes. Would you pray for her? And I'm like, your mama got diabetes? 
I've seen you for a year. And I never knew. Because I never asked. Hey, what's your mom's name? My, my mom's name is Deborah. I'm going to pray for Deborah today. And now all of a sudden, you're not just getting a car wash. And then the next time I get a car wash, which was the next day. <laughs> roll down the window. Hey, Ashley. Because now I know her name. How's Deborah? Thanks for praying for my mom. And every time I see Ashley, I just ask her about her mom. She don't know what I do. <laughs> She's not like, up here comes the pastor again. No, this is just the anal guy from around the corner that just watches his car every day. <laughs> but he prays for my mom. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I have to tell you, this question has changed my life. And I tell you, I've taken some L's. Some people will tell you no. One, one time I said, hey, man, you got anything I can pray for? He said, pay for it. I said, no, not pay for it. Pray for it. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, I don't know, man, world peace or something like that. I go, okay, I guess that's what we got today, world peace. I started journaling them. I, start, I have a note in my phone of the different prayer requests of people that I'm praying for all around the world. And it's so fun. One time I was at Portillo's, right? Janice is like, pray for nothing. Pull forward. I said, I'm going to pray that God moves you forward. Talking to me crazy. <laughs> You're going to get this prayer. I don't care what you say. I was at another restaurant, a girl named Brianna. She says, uh, I said, hey, you got anything I can pray for? She said, uh, I work three jobs. I'm a single mom with special ed kids. And most of the time, I don't know what to do. Well, today, somebody's going to pray for you and your kid. Another waiter told me, man, we're adopting kids. We don't know how to do it. How are we going to get $20,000? Man, I, I know a God that provides. I'll pray. I was renting a car. Cars lined up behind me. Hey, ma'am, you got anything I can pray for? Claudia, I'm four and a half months pregnant, and I just had two miscarriages. And I don't know if this will, I just stopped believing that I can even do it. And I said, Claudia, let me tell you something. I think God wants to birth something in your life that is beyond just a baby. And I started prophesying over her life and telling her things that maybe somebody that she couldn't believe for herself. But I had an opportunity to share my faith all because I asked the question. I was at Crackleboro. We love Crackleboro, right? <laughs> Sandy. She says, I got a grandson named Hunter that has a 50% chance of getting Huntington's disease. It's a neurodegenerative disease that is mostly an, an inherited disease. She said, there's no cure. I said, well, just depends on who's praying for your grandson. I believe in a God that has a cure. So today, we're going to pray for your grandson. Papa John's delivery guy. <laughs> hey, man, here go your pizza. Here go your pizza. Hey, man, let me ask you a question real quick, bro. You got anything I can pray for? I'm at a hotel. He starts weeping in the hallway. I'm holding pepperoni and sausage going, I didn't think it was going to go like this. Uh, you all right, bro? And he just goes, my brother, 
tears in his eyes, my brother. I go, man, what's going on with your brother? He says, I can't get into it, but he's really going through it, man. He wasn't just delivering a pizza and I wasn't just eating pepperoni and sausage. Somebody's brother's on the verge of God knows what, and I hope whoever that is, they deliver me a pizza. I hope I get them at the coffee shop. I hope I get them at the restaurant. I hope I get them at the airport. I hope I rent a car from them. Because you just never know what a question, what a stranger might tell you. And if you can't invite a holy God to intervene into their situation, who knows what could happen? Oh, I would do this at Starbucks because I, I go to the car wash and my wife asks me where I'm at. Then I got to go to Starbucks to get her a treat so I can get back in the house. You know how that works if you're married. So I'm like, all right, babe, let me get you a drink. All right, so I'm there a lot. I'm at two places a lot. And so you kind of get to see these people a lot. And so I started asking this question in the drive-thru and I'm trying to figure out, do I do it, you know, when I'm ordering my drink? Hey, let me get a venti, macalote or whatever. My wife's order is like, I have to read it off of the text. She says she won't. Two splashes of what? And I'm like, so then do I just throw in? And then can I also ask you if you need anything, prayer or something like that? Like, I'm like, no, wait till you see them. You know, you got to figure out your own rhythm a little bit with it. So I started doing this at Starbucks over and over and over again with a bunch of different people and their employees. Same Starbucks every time. And one time I, and they would always like, whenever I would ask them if, if there was anything going on in their life that I could pray for, they would always like look back at their manager to be like, is this okay? I'm like, do you need permission to answer the question? Like, what are you doing? And one time I got this girl named Katie and Katie said, pray for. I said, yeah, you got anything in your life that I could pray for? And she looks back and she's like looking for permission. And, she's like, and all of a sudden she sticks her head out the window and she goes, happiness. I'd really love to be happy be surprised what a stranger will tell you with just one question. I said, Katie, I got a long line of people behind me that want their lattes, so I'm going to just let you know something. You got a customer that will pray for you. A week later, I'm pulling in to the drive-thru and I see Katie again. I said, hey, Katie, she looked a little different, just a little different. I said, hey, Katie, um, I don't know if you remember me, but and I didn't even get to finish my sentence. I said, but I, she goes, you! I said, whoa, buddy, I'm so sorry, I don't know. And then she looked back for permission again, right? She's looking, I'm like, what, who is back there, okay? Like, who, is this part of the police here? Like, is this illegal? And she goes, all I can tell you is this, God is so I don't know what happened between a drive through prayer and the next time I was there, but I just know that prayer works. And who knows what could happen? You know, can you imagine what would happen if a few thousand people in Illinois and Florida and God behind bars and watching all over the world started walking around like they've been a witness to something great and began using just one question to open up the door to loan somebody else their faith? What could happen? Can you imagine if we showed up to, to work in our schools and our homes and showed before we told? 
Oh, man, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you leave church today excited to share the gospel. Oh, I, I hope that Rockford, I hope that Illinois, I hope that Florida restaurants are changed today because everybody like, man, what is going on in this? Why is everybody, I, you are the fourth person this week to ask me if God must be up to something in my life. He is up to something in your life. So number one, I want you to share your faith through your lifestyle. Work hard, City First. Be the best at what you do. Show up. Listen, I don't know how you feel about your job, but you don't work for them. You work for God. Number two, I want you to share your faith through prayer. You might take some L's, but the W's will change your life. You have no idea who's on the other side of your bravery. I'll put it up again. Ask every person who serves you. First off, they already paid to do whatever you asked them to do. So give them a layup. Give them a touchdown. Say, hey, I know you paid to work for me right now, but can I pray for you? Is there anything going on in your life? that I can pray for. It won't always be smooth. But I think this is how we, this is fundamental to what we do. This is part of the pillars of what we do of making disciples and sharing our faith with the world around us. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to give each and every person under the sound of my voice to perhaps receive faith for themselves. You know, maybe today you were listening to the stories and the verses, and you found yourself in a position going, man, I, I wish <laughs> I wish I could be a carrier of good news like that. I, w- I wish I could make somebody's day. I wish that there was something on the inside of me that could change somebody's life. That moment is right now. You could be that person. And if you're watching online today or if you're at one of our locations live, I just if you say, hey, Ryan, you know, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Or maybe you want to rededicate your your life to Christ. If that's you, would you just slip up a hand and just say, hey, Ryan, that's me. Man, I see your hand. That's awesome. Anybody? I see your hand back there. I see your hand over there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? I'm sure there's hands at every location. Hey, can we all say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I ask now that you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender my future, my decisions, and my faith to you. May I be a person that spreads the good news that you've given me. In Jesus' name we pray. Every man, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's make some noise for every single person that gave their heart to Christ.